Hi, my name is Scott Barber. This is the Landscape Ontario podcast. Today, I am joined by Mark Cullen. Mark is, of course, the home hardware spokesperson and the president of Mark's Choice. He's also the author of many gardening books and columns in the Toronto Star newspaper. Mark joined me at the LO office in Milton to talk about the Highway of Heroes tree campaign. For those who do not know, the Highway of Heroes is a charity that set out to plant 2 million trees in honor of Canadian men and women who volunteered to serve during times of war. For those of you who are more familiar, stay tuned because we're going to go into depth about how the campaign came to be. And a spoiler warning for LO members, our executive director, Tony DiGiovanni, he's a big part of that story. We're also going to go into depth into the challenges and logistics of making this ambitious campaign come together. I know I'm really excited to talk to Mark. He's often called Canada's gardening guru. He's also a member of the Order of Canada. Our conversation on the Highway of Heroes is coming up next. The Landscape Ontario podcast is sponsored by Dynascape Software. LO members save 15% on Dynascape products, software upgrades, and online training. Visit dynascape.com for details. So hi, Mark. Thanks so much for joining me today at the LO office. It's really exciting to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Scott. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you about the Highway of Heroes today, and, and I'd really like to start off general. If you could just tell us a little bit about how it came to be. <laughs> well, it was about five years ago that a bunch of tree huggers got together, and I, I actually called them together out of frustration with uh, the uh, Toronto City Hall uh, administration back when Ford was in charge. And uh, I, I had been trying to reach out to uh, Mayor Ford uh, about six years ago, uh, suggesting that really more needed to be done about the tree canopy, that, that uh, the Toronto tree canopy was in steep decline. It's still in decline, but it, it was really in bad shape back then. And the plan was in very bad shape and I was concerned about it. So. Um, I reached out to him, I wrote to him, I delivered a letter to him personally, uh, and I got nothing back. So what I did in response to my frustration, uh, maybe it was just therapy for me, but I wrote a newspaper article in the Toronto Star. I, I write regularly for the Star, and in this particular article, I titled it, Dear Mayor Ford. And I explained to him in, in this article, quasi-letter, uh, why it's important for us to have green infrastructure known as trees. And I talked about jobs, and I talked about the environmental impact, and I, and I talked about the emerald ash borer and the need to replace. Eight and a half percent of the Toronto canopy was lost to the emerald ash borer. And what I got back was nothing, except, at least from him, and from City Hall. But what I did get was a response from a lot of not-for-profit tree organizations like Tree, tree Canada, uh, Forest Ontario, uh, the Composting Council of Canada, and of course our own Landscape Ontario through Tony DiGiovanni, who all said, you know, this sounds like a great idea, Mark. Um, and the question generally was raised, well, what can we do? And the question really was, what could we do together to get more trees in the ground as uh, not-for-profit tree planting organizations uh, than we will if we continue to go out doing our own thing, each of us, uh, without collaborating. So I called 14 different organizations to the board table at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and I posed this, that very question. 
That was basically all I had on my mind. What could we do together that we can't do by not working together? And uh, it was a very interesting conversation. We agreed to keep meeting, and what was born out of that was the idea of trees for life. And we borrowed, quite frankly, the idea from Landscape Ontario's slogan, green for life and uh, Tony Giovanni was completely supportive of that it might have been his idea come to think of it he's an ideas guy you know so uh, we uh, we created trees for life the goal double the urban tree canopy in Toronto but elsewhere we wanted to march that across the province and eventually across the, 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 the country and so we started meeting to have those discussions and to be honest with you we were spinning our wheels for about a year and a half when, and I can say definitively, it was Tony that put up his hand on this occasion, and we're in a meeting and he said, you know, Landscape Ontario just reforested the Veterans Memorial Parkway in London, Ontario, 10 kilometer stretch. He said, why don't we reforest the Highway of Heroes? And his chair, I just simply said, so there's an idea, folks, who in the room would be supportive of that idea. And a few people, not everybody, in fact, less than half, put up their hands and said, yeah, that, that sounds like something we could do. And that's how it began. And, that, and, and, and the rest, you could say, is history, although, of course, there's quite a story behind that. But the fact is, uh, we created a small core group, a board that consisted of Tony and a man by the name of Michael uh, Depensier, mm-hmm. Uh, Michael received the Environmental Achievement Award from Landscape Ontario last year. He is not an industry guy. Uh, Sorry, he's not a member of our profession, as Paul Bridges would say. That's right. Uh, But he he is a green guy. Michael DePossier is the founder of Toronto Life magazine. And if you Google him, you'll find that he's referred to as Mr. Green. He was the president of the World Wildlife um, uh, uh, Foundation. Uh, and and he's just totally immersed in green, uh, not quite as we understand it in our profession, sure, but sure. In, in, in the environmental movement. And he would, I'm sure, refer to himself as an environmental activist. Mm-hmm. So Michael Lapontier, Tony Giovanni, Mark Cullen formed this group, and uh, we uh, hired some people, and we got to work. And, of course, the first thing we had to do was speak to the Ministry of Transportation, the MTO. Of course. So... Why don't you talk a little bit about the the connection to the military and why that is so important to the Highway of Heroes and why that really resonated with that group that got together uh, several years ago to create this campaign? Well, it resonated with us and um, all, all three of us, and 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 we found volunteers kind of drawn to the concept uh, because Canadians really do honor and think about. Uh, and are mindful of the sacrifices that have been made over our his- the history of our country. So going back to the War of 1812, um, relative to our freedom. So we just, we had a federal election not too long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's so easy for us, Scott, to take for granted the fact that we can 
have open debate. We can openly disagree and we can go to the polls and we can vote for, you know, one of the candidates that comes closest to what we think about how the country ought to be run. And this is this is something we earned. It's some there was a huge price paid for that privilege. And uh, we call it freedom, we call it democracy, we refer to it a number of different ways. But the truth is there were one hundred and seventeen thousand Canadians lost at war, lives lost at war since the War of 1812. Most of them, of course, during World War I and World War II. Sure. But we can't minimize uh, the price that was paid as recently as just uh, the, the Afghan conflict when 159 Canadians uh, died. And, um, of course, therein lies the story of the Highway of Heroes. That's absolutely right. Would you mind recounting that just a little bit for our audience? Well, the Highway of Heroes, there's probably no one in Ontario that doesn't know the words, the Highway of Heroes. Right. Not everybody understands, however, where it came from. And um, it's important to understand that this was a concept that was really born out of Canadians, Canadian individuals just individual people who began to gather on a bridge in Port Hope uh, during the early days of the Afghan conflict. That's when, right. when I can't remember whether it was the first, the second, or the tenth person that was lost in Afghanistan, but I can tell you this, they were flown home, their body was repatriated on Canadian soil at CFB Trenton and driven 170 kilometers down the highway, 401 mostly, and uh, at that time in the early days, down the Don Valley Parkway to the coroner's office. Well, laterally, it became the coroner's office moved to Keel in the, Keel in the 401, mm -hmm. and, and so that's what we refer to as the Highway of Heroes. Now, people gathering on that bridge uh, were photographed and were seen on television, and a lot of Canadians went, that, I want to do that. Uh, and it became a phenomenon, a, a huge phenomenon that that has not occurred to this degree in any other place in the world. So this is a story that Americans and Australians, New Zealanders and others around the world, uh, when they hear this story and they realize the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of people that gathered uh, over a period of time during the Afghan conflict is a pretty impressive story. It really was an organic um sort of movement, wasn't it? Good word. Uh, of, of, uh, of Canadians coming together to show their respect, show uh, their recognition of what their, their armed services uh, were doing uh, on behalf of Canadians. It was pretty, it was pretty neat, wasn't it? Well, it was phenomenal. And, and you know, the phenomenon continues, the, the passion people have for the Highway of Heroes and what it represents. It's not the highway. The highway is a highway, and I mean, we should get to that because what we want to do is convert the highway into an entirely different driving experience, but, but we'll get to that. The highway of heroes means so much to Canadians, not just the people living along the highway, although that's certainly true, but elsewhere as well. People in Edmonton and Taktiyaktak, Canadian, those 159 Canadians lost during the Afghan conflict came from virtually every corner of the country. And so the story resonates in a lot of different communities across Canada. It's not an Ontario story. It's not a Coburg or Port Hope story. It's a Canadian story. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'd like to go a little more specific about the Highway of Heroes tree campaign and 
maybe if you could take us to some of those first plantings and what it took to, what are some of the challenges involved in, in getting this this campaign going and actually getting out there and putting shovels in the ground and planting trees. Well, I'd love to do that, but but first of all, what is it? You know, I sure, think, I yeah. think for for um, people listening to our podcast today, uh, it's important to understand that we're planting 117,000 trees right on the highway right of way. That is just off the pavement, through the ditch and up to the top of the ditch. Uh, 117,000 trees on the MTO uh, lands. One for each Canadian fallen during times of war, men, women, both, since the War of 1812. Um, we, are, we are planting, in addition to that, 1.8 million more, up to 1.8 million more, on the other side of the farmer's fence. For, uh, so for a visual here, just imagine, and if you're driving down the 401 right now, you can see it. If you're on the Highway of Heroes, you can see the farmer's fields, you can see the conservation areas, you can see private land, public parks and municipalities. All, anywhere we can, we're going to be planting trees over the next three years. And those trees represent a tree for every Canadian that volunteered for military service during times of war. And just to be clear, more than 1.8 million Canadians have served sure. during times of war, but 1.8 million Canadians put up their hand and said, I will go and serve my country, including thousands during the Afghan conflict. Many still young people uh, put up their hands and said, I will go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's an amazing way to recognize that dedication, that patriotism, that, uh, that uh, that effort, that sacrifice, in, in so many cases, unfortunately, that people have made. Yeah. Well, that's true, and they've all come home with their own stories. Uh, and uh, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, of course, is something we hear a lot about. And there's a connection between what we're doing, the planting of our trees, to get to your question about actually sure. planting trees, um, and PTSD. And the con the connection is probably best illustrated through an individual by the name of Corporal Nick Kerr. Corporal Nick Kerr has become our military patron of our campaign. And he still uh, providing active service. He's in Edmonton. Um, he was in Petawawa. And at one of our very earliest public tree plantings, it was in Whitby. We were planting just next to the Anglican Church and right next to the highway. This guy shows up, and none of us knew who he was, uh, and we didn't understand certainly his story. It turns out that he had served two tours of duty in Afghanistan and had lost nine of his buddies, including his very best friend. And when I say he lost them, I mean he was a pallbearer in nine mm -hmm. funerals mm -hmm. for men in this particular case, uh, but women were lost as well, as we both know. Of in his particular case, nine of his buddies who were lost with him while he was in combat. And you can imagine the stress that he brought home. You can imagine the baggage he brought home. Nick is a very interesting study. He, he claims to have never taken drugs to deal with his PTSD, and he's taken a very moderate amount of therapy. He said for him, his therapy is coming to our public tree plantings and planting trees. And what he says to himself every time he plants a tree is, this one's for you, buddy. Now, maybe not a particular buddy, but in his, in his mind, he is putting life back 
where life had been taken away in his life. Difficult, I think, for us that haven't had that experience to fully understand the impact of planting a tree. But I think it's worth being mindful of, taking a moment to just think about. The act of planting a tree is something we do selflessly. We do it, we do it not for ourselves, maybe for our grandchildren, and if we don't have children, then we just do it for future generations. We do it, we do it as an act, I think the ultimate act of hope. And when you're a Nick Kerr, what could be more hopeful? For him, he says nothing's more hopeful than coming down, and he still comes, by the way, comes to many, not all, of our public tree plantings, even though he lives in Edmonton. He'll fly down and, and make a point of coming to them. And uh, we had... Um, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau at a, an event back in June, and it was a very special moment for all of us to see Nick awarded the highest honor, and I wish I could give you the name of the award, but it was a special medal, a commendation, the highest commendation the Minister of Veterans Affairs is allowed to give. He was there. He gave Nick this commendation for his volunteer service to a variety of volunteer um, endeavors, but primarily for his work on the Highway of Heroes Street campaign. So well deserved. I was fortunate enough to, to be there that day and to, and to see Nick. Uh, Nick awarded that, uh, uh, that, uh, that honor. And I also had the, the, the privilege of uh, meeting Nick again at the Highway of Heroes golf tournament and seeing what an amazing golfer he is. Oh, well, he is. Truly, he, he's an athlete. He he's, really he's, is. He's, 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 uh, he's won a few gold medals in the military Olympics or whatever they call them. And by the way, perhaps, Scott, a great guy to do a podcast with. Absolutely. He, when no, he's next amazing, in Toronto, we should arrange for you to see him. No doubt. I would absolutely love to do that. He won an inspiration, and it really does bring to life that, that symbolism that the Highway of Heroes has with, yeah. with you know, planting life back, uh, giving back to future generations, and it's uh, it ties so well with what the Canadian uh, Armed Forces is all about, and recognizing their sacrifice is all about. So, yeah. it's just such a perfect uh, it's such a perfect combination, I think. Yeah. So, why don't we are we ready to get a little more specific? You can tell us a little bit more sure. about um, about you know what are the challenges and and what's the the um, you know the goal when you when you have a tree planting site and you and you actually start making this happen. It's interesting how the challenges changed, Scott. Uh, in the early days, the first challenge, of course, was money. Because a campaign, it's called a campaign for a reason, um, there's a beginning and an end to this campaign. It's not an endless story. We're not going to be talking about replanting the Highway of Heroes forever. Uh, and it needs parameters, including a financial goal. $10 million is what we determined would be required to plant all the trees on the right-of-way, which are expensive trees. Uh, we have to remediate the soil, we have, to, we have to do a lot of things before we actually acquire the tree and put it in the ground. And we're following, by the way, the Vineland Protocol. So Darby McGrath, who you've interviewed here, um, there's an interview well worth hearing. I'm sure she, she had a lot of good things to say. Um, she knows her stuff. And when it comes to planting trees in the highway, we want them, number one, to survive. Mm -hmm. So far, we have, uh, to date, about a 97% survival rate. And we are planting a few more trees than we said we would because we're, we budgeted a 15% attrition. Uh, so, I digress. $10 million. 
we uh, we struggled in the beginning. You know, the early adopters, of course, they, they don't come they don't come crawling out of the woodwork just because, just because. Sure. So we started telling our story, and we told our story everywhere we could. And fortunately, lots of people like you and the, and the general media uh, picked up the story. And as the story began to get some traction people started asking questions and uh, the money started to trickle in. And I have to tell you, in the beginning, it was all individual Canadians who said, first of all, how much is a tree? That's what they wanted to know. Right. How much is a tree? So we conjured up kind of the, we did the numbers and we came up with 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you remember during the Canada 150 celebration during our anniversary, um, it seemed very convenient that $150 for a tree matched very sure. nicely the 150th anniversary of Canada's Confederation. So we we got into that and, and money came in and it didn't flow in but uh, very quickly, but it did eventually create some traction. We were able to hire some staff people to help us uh, to help us get the job done because the rest of us were all volunteers. And uh, we are now, just fast forward, 77% of the way there. We have $7.7 million either in the bank or pledged over the next three years. Uh, that includes $3 million that the federal government uh, came to the table with. Now, it's important to understand this. Whatever your opinion of the federal government is, and whatever your opinion of don their donation of $3 million in support of our campaign, um, it's important to understand that $4.5 million came in from private Canadian citizens and corporations before the That's government right. did. And it's important to understand that because had Canadians not come to the table and to a very large degree, members of Landscape Ontario, both with cash and in-kind propositions and gifts, we would not have got the federal money. <laughs> the federal money came largely because they saw that this was important to Canadians. And we now have over 2,500 individual Canadians who have donated $10, $50, $150 for a tree, thousands of dollars. One particular donor has given us or pledged $500,000. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And this is not someone that shows up for public tree plantings. It's not somebody who uh, is on our board. It's not somebody even directly connected. It's somebody who said, I like what you're doing. I trust you. This is important for Canada. This is what I'm going to do. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. What have people told you about, you know, why it's also resonated with them? What, are, what, are, what, are, what is the general public when they talk to you and they ask you questions? What have they expressed to you about why they support the, the campaign? Well, it's a great question. And Scott, for better or for worse, I would say, just anecdotally, 90% of the attention we get, the money we get, the volunteers who show up on planting day are there because of the military message. We're planting living things, trees, to honor our military. 90% of the money flows in because people connect to that. Most Canadians, I would say most, I don't know if it's most, but a lot of Canadians have a member of the family that served or a friend that served or know of somebody that served. Uh, we, we, we can relate to that story mm -hmm. and we see that there's value in that story. So there are a lot of people who work very, very hard for $150 
that have given $150, including, I might add, some Silver Cross mothers. Mm -hmm. Silver Cross mother is someone who has lost their child at war. And there are, there are I guess, 159 of right. them from the Afghan conflict. Um, that's assuming that each who died had a living mother. But the point, of course, is we have had Silver Cross mothers show up on public planting days as recently as last Saturday. Uh, we uh, have had Silver Cross mothers give money. Now think about that for a moment. They lost their son or daughter and they're giving us money to honor our military. That's how powerful the message is. That gets, gets to the point of your question, which is, you know, what really resonates with Canadians. There's another part, there's a huge piece to this puzzle, which is environmental. Of course. And to, if, if we were completely honest, it was the environmental piece that drew all of us tree huggers together in the first right. place, right? It was Tony's brilliant idea that we marry our environmental concerns and this wonderful thing we call the miracle of the environment, the tree, with the military message. It was his idea. And what a brilliant combination. And when we see those two things together, there will be people who show up for public tree plantings or who donate money who may say it's the military message, but in the back of their mind, they also like the environmental message. Of course, yeah. I mean, where do we, where do we need to produce oxygen and, uh, and sequester carbon more than on the busiest highway in North America, the 401, the Highway of Heroes? It makes sense that we make this environmental impact on the highway. Forget about the military for a moment. Doesn't it just make sense that we do this? I think so. But if we hadn't married that with a military message, I'm not sure we would be here right now at 77% of the way. No, I, I agree with you. I just, I think it's a, it's a really great uh, combination of benefits, that, that recognition of the military, that uh, honoring of the sacrifice of so many Canadians, and, and as well as uh, the symbolism and the, and, and as you say, the environmental impact that trees have and all the benefits they bring. It's, uh, it's, it's, such, a great, it's such a great marriage, really, between the two. Uh, so where are we today? You, you mentioned a planting, I think, uh, just in the last week here. We're, we're recording here in late October. Uh, where you, you mentioned where it is uh, monetarily, at, uh, it, which is incredible, at 77% uh, you know, of the goal. Where are we in terms of trees planted uh, in, this, in, this, in this campaign? That's a very good question. Um, we don't plant trees, can't plant trees until we have money in the bank. So there's a lag sure. between receiving the money and getting the trees in the ground. And we have some wonderful professionals uh, like, like David Trimble, for instance, who is responsible for planting our trees right on the highway right-of-way. And... and um, he is working with the MTO, Ministry of Transportation, to uh, get those trees in the ground with the goal of doing it by the end of, or November, 2021. So two years from now, because this is 2019. Um, we are about 38,000 trees right now. A lot of trees have gone in, <clears throat> gone in the ground this fall. Um, we have a lot more work to do, though. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. Uh, it, the, I'm not, I don't mean it's not easy work with the MTO, but it is a very large organization. <clears throat> they, um, excuse me, they, uh, they are responsible for issuing permits. 
which we don't have to pay for, so they're supporting us financially that way. Mm -hmm. um, but establishing where the trees should be planted is not a simple process because right. we want them to be there 50 years from now. So we don't want to be planting trees and then have somebody bulldoze them in 20 years because somebody thought it was a good idea to expand the highway. Sure. A lot of thought goes into this so there's, process. There's some serious logistical challenges yes. uh, that make it uh, that that are that are challenges, but it sounds like uh, you know you guys are working on ways to overcome those. We are, yeah. and we found um, uh, lots of opportunities. Quite frankly, in the 416, that might surprise some people. Also, uh, the new interchanges between the 412 and the 401, and the one down the road. What's that called? The 4. It's, it's also part of the ETR. Um, but wherever new roads are being <clears throat> put in, expansions created, those are easier because they're being done now and not likely to change for a long, long, right. long time. Uh, it's not so easy to determine where best to plant trees uh, between Oshawa and Trenton. And the Highway of Heroes, by the way, exists between CFB Trenton and the coroner's office at Keel Street and 401. It's 170 kilometers. So there, I don't want to get into the minutia of the sure. thing. It, it, there are some challenges that we continue to work through in an effort to do this right and to do it once. Um, and uh, on off the highway, we've planted about 90,000 trees. And your very good question about current challenge, I would say, well, number one, we have to find land to plant those 1.8 million trees. And we're working on that, and April is working on it full-time, and I would invite uh, listeners to this podcast to reach out to us at hohtribute.ca, our website, uh, and uh, inquire. Just leave your name under contact us, leave your name, tell us you, you either know somebody has land that might plant trees on, or you have some land, or just want to have the conversation so you understand the proposition a little bit better. But we are subsidizing the planting of trees on private land and public land. That includes conservation authorities' land, um, farmers' land, municipal parks, wherever we can find it. Because quite frankly, 1.8 million trees is a lot of trees. It's going to take quite a bit of land. I forget just how many hundreds of acres of land we're going to need to access to plant 1.8 million trees. But it's a lot. And sure. these are permanent trees. These mm -hmm. are trees that should live on for a long, long time. The other challenge, Scott, is the $2.3 million. It's interesting. Now we have the federal commitment. Um, now we're 77% of the way. There's this temptation to have a big sigh and go, God, aren't we, aren't we happy? <laughs> well, we are happy, <laughs> but we, I won't be happy until we've got the last of $10 million either pledged or in the bank. Because, Scott, we can't finish the job without another $2.3 million. And, that, and by the way, that includes in-kind. So if we have listeners in the landscaping business, the retail gardening business, the wholesale growing business, we would love to hear from you. Um, and if you don't have cash, but you have an in-kind whatever, manpower, equipment, trees you wish to donate, mulch, soil, compost, you see the list is quite long. And Landscape Ontario members have already stepped to the plate and given us over $200,000 worth or pledge, either given or pledged, over $200,000 in kind. 
Now that's just as good as cash. We can use your trees, growers. We can use the boots on the ground, landscapers. We can use your equipment. So I hope I've made my point clear. We really love to hear so. from you. You know, it's 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 made me so proud to be uh, you know a small part of Landscape Ontario, uh, hearing how much uh, members of the association have done. Um, in kind, in donations, in supporting this uh, this project, it's uh, it really does make me proud to be a part of LO. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we're, we're almost close to wrapping up. I, I, one question I know I've heard a lot of people say, um, you know, I was involved in um, the Canada Blooms uh, Garden, uh, just volunteering uh, with with Mike Hur Hurley a couple years ago, which was was such a great way uh, for me to really get to see the public's reaction to the Highway of Heroes. Uh, campaign and just for our listeners that was a garden uh, a display garden built a couple years ago at Canada Blooms uh, to connect with uh, the public and one of the questions I, I remember hearing uh, from visitors to that garden were what kind of trees are being planted would you mind telling our listeners um, what type of varieties and and how how they're, they're determined and 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 because uh, I know that's something people people often ask they do that's that's a huge question Scott and the answer is in a word native there are 30, there's a list of 31 trees. They're all native. And uh, the, the, the next question is, well, uh, how do you determine what species to plant uh, considering the rather hostile environment of the right. highway? It's not just that it's windy and it's open and we're planting in gravel, which has to be remediated. There's salt spray. What do you do about that? And careful consideration is given to all those things before we determine the species we'll plant in a particular area. The list isn't ours. The list came from Vineland and the MTO. So Darby McGrath and her team down at Vineland uh, Center of Innovation uh, uh, created a short list of trees that are have the highest rate of survival and performance on in the hostile environment of a highway. By the way, that was all the result of, I understand, about a $5 million research uh, project that happened coincidentally just before we launched our campaign. So we've been the beneficiaries, one of the very early beneficiaries of all that information. How to plant on the highway to ensure the very highest possible survival rate of our trees. Thank you, Vineland. The MTO have their own list of trees. There was a hybrid list created between the two of them, and this is our list, 31 native trees. Fantastic. Yeah, I know that's something people people are fascinated by. What type of tree? People love to, they love to, to talk about it. We but, do. Uh, so what's what's next? You talked a little bit about well, you talked you know a fair bit about uh, where we're at and um, and you know what what the campaign needs to succeed. What what where what what else is left? What what's happening in 2020? We're we're ending the uh, coming up to the end of 2019. What are you looking forward to as we head towards 2020 for the campaign? Well, that's I'm so excited about this new phase of the Highway of Heroes tree campaign. It's a phase that we're entering in partnership with Scott Wentworth and the Wentworth Group in Picton. Uh, they, Scott and his team have created an inspired design for many of, our, many of our plantings that will, as you drive down the highway 30 years from now, 50 years from now, you will see, you will see that these trees weren't just lined up like a reforestation project, but rather, they were, they were incorporated into designs that really inspire Canadians who feel strongly about the military message. Uh, we haven't been able to do that up until now because 
Only recently has the MTO given us blocks of land that are large enough that we can actually create a design. So we have, for instance, uh, maple leaf made out of maples that uh, viewed from an, an elevation will be amazing. Uh, this is all coming from Scott and his team, uh, who has volunteered and donated all of his work, by the way. Wow. This is a new phase that I'm particularly excited about. Um, and uh, of course, we're kickstarting a new financial uh, fundraising campaign uh, to raise 200, uh, rather $2 million $300,000. Right now, as we speak, we have a matching campaign underway where every dollar donated is being matched by a private Canadian donor up to $200,000. Wow. Uh, and we're hoping that as we enter the Remembrance Day period and the Christmas giving period, you know, there is a season for giving. And if you're in the not-for-profit business, you kind of know that. Uh, a lot of Canadians reach in their pockets in December as they draw close to the end of the financial year. Uh, and we're hoping that they reach into their pockets on our behalf and help get us across the finish line. And the finish line itself is beginning to look extremely exciting. Two years from now, we are going to have, I think, a celebration. I hope a celebration to end all celebrations. And I hope the Prime Minister is there. Our previous Governor General, uh, David Johnston, and his wife Sharon, who are honorary patrons and very hard workers, I might add, with regards to our campaign. In fact, we got um, we received support from the military through General Vance, thanks to David Johnston. Um, so personal face-to-face -face meeting with General Vance. Mike Hurley was with me that day. It was a very special day. And you know what he said when I, I gave him the elevator speech about our, our campaign? He said, Mark, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty something coming from, you know, a man of men. You know, like he's... he's He's the general, He's the right? Top dog. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so there, there have been so so many very special moments in this campaign. I've learned so much. I've met so many wonderful people. But more than anything, Scott, I have to say this before we wrap up. With thanks to the members of Landscape Ontario and, for that matter, the CNLA, um, because as I mentioned at the beginning, this is not an Ontario campaign. It's a Canadian campaign. The, the support that we received in the early days was nothing less than inspiring. And having Tony there, uh, not only as a very active member of the board, but also, and you know he does this well, a cheerleader mm -hmm. every step of the way, mm -hmm. always positive, always there, always on, always full of ideas, and always endorsing the work of others and passing on the credit to others. That's his nature. And you know what? Working with Tony has been a great inspiration, and he is such a great representative of our profession. And our profession is, by extension, something I'm very proud of. Well, Mark, uh, very proud, like I said, as a, as a member of or as a, uh, a part of Landscape Ontario to, to be part of this campaign. It's, uh, it's a really, it's an inspiration. It's doing amazing things. And it's really inspiring Canadians. Uh, so thank you so much for coming today to chat a bit about it. I can't wait to see where things go uh, over the next couple of years as you head towards that finish line. And I can't wait to be at the celebration in 2021 to see uh, the culmination of this amazing campaign. I hope you'll be there. And uh, just a reminder for listeners, hohtribute.ca. 
You and I have scratched the surface this morning. This has been energizing and a lot of fun for me. I really appreciate your attention, Scott. And once again, the, the attention and more than that, the support of Landscape Ontario members. Thanks so much, Mark. Pleasure.